up front, I'm not a strengths expert. In fact, I don't even know my strengths. But by the end of this hour and a half, I will know my strengths. That's because I'm going to be taking the test literally during this. <laughs> That's the goal. I'm going to share my screen. Why not? Like, we can all learn together and reflect on these things about ourselves. And then we're going to take these learnings and talk about our subscriptions. But first, for those who aren't familiar with Clifton Strength, I want to explain what they are. Um, honestly, I wasn't too familiar with them until I came into the author community. And I feel like, especially in the last, like, I didn't really hear about it when I first joined the author community. Maybe that was just because I wasn't as involved. But like over the last three years, I've heard a lot of people talk about Clifton Strengths. And I was just like, hmm, this is just something to this, something interesting. And then people would be like, here's my top five. Here's my top five. And I guess I felt left out. But I also thought, what a really smart way to learn about each other and learn how you could work together, learn how you could collaborate, learn how you can best communicate with someone. I thought, what a great framework. So it, the Clifton Strengths, Strengths Finder, it's 34 strengths. Um, we're going to go through them uh, before we get started. You all can make your predictions on which ones you think I have. But we're also going to ultimately talk about these strengths in relation to subscriptions and how you all can utilize these strengths to build a better subscription for you. So I'm going to share my screen now, and I'm going to go over um, basically the, fi the finder themes the strengths, and we're going to walk through them. And I want you to share when you see a strength that you have. Now, if you haven't taken the test, don't worry. Um, you can take it vicariously with me um, right now. But you probably also know some things that you have. Like you might know like, oh, that feels like a strength of mine. So you could share it. And if you have taken the test and you know your top five, we'd love to, we'd love to hear it. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. It is always an adventure wherever I'm recording. Um, now I'm outside a library at MIT. I normally don't have class at this time on Fridays, um, but I just got out of class because um, I'm away in Vegas next week at 20 books and then Toronto at another conference. So I'm, I had to make up some class time today. We'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. Uh, professors aren't too happy, but that's okay. Um, so these are the strengths finder themes. Okay. Um, I'm going to walk through them and I want y'all to, we're going to have fun here. Like, tell me which ones you have, okay? Tell me which ones you have. If you're comfortable, you know, strengths are a personal thing, okay? I'm very open with you all in this community, so I'm okay taking my test live with you all. But um, if you're not comfortable sharing your strengths, no pressure. Uh, but I'm going to walk through each one right now and share where I think it might be useful for subscriptions. Um, again, I'm not a strengths expert. I don't even know my own strengths, but that's going to change soon. So achiever. Burning desire to achieve things, be it little or small, every day must be marked by some kind of achievement. So this is interesting. I think it, I'm going to also come from the reader perspective too, because I think that's important. This reminds me a lot of gamification, um, like point-based reward systems. Um, I see that, you know, working especially well. Um, this is actually a totally side story, but um Actually, at a, a class that I'm taking uh, here, um, basically, we did a case study between Peloton and then the professor's son who started a successful rowing company. This has a purpose, I'll tell you it. So typically Peloton, their kind of persona, their target audience tends to be um, upper middle class, woman plus people in 
urban areas. Okay, that's that that's Peloton's demographic. And they do really well with these like live training classes, community-oriented things. Well, a lot of um, you know, men don't typically uh, males aren't like as interested in that. Typically, this is generalizing um when working out. So the professor's son started a company that was gamification of rowing. Um, and it exploded. It did really, really well because a lot of a, a lot of men seem to grab onto gamification more. However, um, I know a lot of people in the broader author community, and I know I'm not an expert on neurodivergence or um, or anything about creative brains, but I'm very interested in it. I study neuroscience at school. And it is also very true that um, neurodiverse brains tend to grab onto gamification more. So when I think about achievement and points, that's what I think about. And as an author, there's two th cool things with this. I think with your subscription, one, um, if you're an achiever and you like deadlines and deadlines are important to you, I think personally that subscriptions can be very powerful about actually setting those deadlines. Now, the downside of an achiever is that I also think you could maybe push yourself too much and you could potentially lead to burnout in moments. You could potentially lead into burnouts. And also, I think it's very important that you reward yourself with these achievements too, um, that there's some recognition. It doesn't have to be public recognition, but that you recognize yourself. Um, Let's see, let's see the comments so far. Okay, we actually have a few people sharing their things. Um, let me know how you like how I'm breaking down each of these strengths. Because ultimately, I want to give you all insights that help you all learn more about yourself and more about how you can make subscriptions work for you. So give me feedback on how you like me breaking down these, these strengths. Um, that, that was me breaking down Achiever. Um, reward systems for readers that you could integrate yourself and how you can reward yourself with deadlines. And ultimately, trying to achieve balance at the end of the day is, is key. So um, I'm... I'm just for, uh, you know, to keep things, I know strengths are personal. And since this is recorded, the chat won't be public anywhere. So I'm not going to say authors' names, but I will list out some of the um, strengths that we're seeing here. So we have activator, empathy, learner, achiever, developer. Very cool. We have developer, um, input. I love input. I, I predict that's one of mine, but we'll see. Connectedness, strategic, activator. We have learner, intellection, deliberative. Ooh, okay, cool, cool. Responsibility for later. Then we have context, strategic, input, individualization, and connectedness. Okay, I'm seeing, so a few of you have input, a few are connectedness. Um, that is really interesting. That is really, we're gonna talk about those in, in just a bit because these are listed in alphabetical order. Um, so, Activator must start things up. The lack of information is not a reason to not start doing what must be done. So I think people who are activators can do really well in subscriptions because of a few reasons. One, the lack of information, like it's subscriptions are still relatively new. And it's not, it's it's growing, right? So there's is asymmetrical information in terms of like what will work. And we obviously try and solve a lot of that for you and do everything we can to provide you all the information we learn about subscriptions. But I, I think that someone who maybe is high activator might be might be more suited to just jumping in. And also the idea that like subscriptions, you're never going to fully know what the perfect subscription is, what exactly your tier benefits should be, but you're going to be able to get started. I think being a high activator is a really good thing for subscriptions. I will say, um, 
a lot of these strengths I'm going to tie back into how they could be good things. Uh, literally, Strengths Finder is about positive psychology. So I'm not trying to dunk on any strength and be like, this is a better strength to have to be a subscription author. And this is a bad strength to have. Like, no, are you kidding? Like, I think you can make all this work. It's just framing around how you should approach it for yourself, right? Because someone else who might be a high achiever uh, might be like, yay, yay, deadlines, the activator might be like, oh my God, like I, I have no idea what's gonna happen, but this is exciting. Um, and you might not feel that way, but that just means we have to approach it differently. Um, so number three is adaptability. So this one is really interesting. You see the future not as something distant, but something that is created as you go. This one, I feel like, um, you know, with, let me look back at the ones that we had shared so far. We had, we had an activator, um, which doesn't surprise me given the author who shared it. And we have another activator from Ariana. Amazing. We don't have, at least in this very small sample size. Um, oh, we have an adapt. Okay. We have an adaptability number seven. Okay. That, that's definitely still one of your top strengths. Not a top five, but top 10. So with adaptability, I think that a lot of the authors who, and we're going to touch this again when we get to futuristic, um, but these are authors who very much are like, okay, KU page read rates changing, retailers shifting, creator economy. They're, they're looking at these trends and they're going, I need to respond today. I need to respond today. Um, so if you're a high adaptability, you probably see subscriptions as something being valuable in that sense, especially if you have adaptability and strategic together. I think those would be, you would really grab onto it. Analytical. This is interesting. Um, I, you have a pragmatic need for facts, figures, and statistics. I, I think analytical is great. Um, I tend to be pretty analytical myself. I don't know if it's a top five strength. We could play a betting game on that, but, um, but I tend to be pretty analytical, but I do think this can hurt you a little bit in subscriptions. I'm going to talk about how it'll help you too. I think it can hurt you if you are constantly trying to quantify the value of your work, right? Like what is, what is the value of this book? What is the value of this? And how can I ensure that my readers are, the equation balances out? Ultimately, a lot of super fan psychology is based around emotions, uh, which is inherently irrational um, and not the most analytical. Um, so being able to kind of understand where your readers are coming from, your readers might not be approaching your subscription very analytically. That doesn't mean some readers won't, but a lot of them might not. But being analytical is really helpful when testing. You know, we talk all the time about deciding like what benefit is best for you to do in your subscription, right? Starting small, testing, see what's working, what's driving the most followers for you, what's driving the most paid members, where's the retention highest in your tiers. This is where I think analytical really comes in handy because if you can look at the data, see what's working, see what's driving the most click-through rates in your newsletter, see all these types of things, you're going to be able to optimize your subscription faster. Um, so I think analytical is a huge strength if you can um, utilize it in, in subscriptions correctly, which is really just using it to iterate really well, but the launching, the an analysis side of things might stop your creativity and for just taking risks. So take the risk and then analyze the heck out of it um, and then continue making it better as a result. Um, now let's go to a ranger. Didn't see any of these. I haven't met too many rangers. I haven't met too many. And I don't think this is as important because some context around Clifton strengths, because I've read like a bunch about it before this, um, is that 
a lot of it was designed for like managers and companies and like corporations. Um, so a lot of it's very helpful for us, but a lot of it isn't. This is one of them. And I'm like, eh. organized and calculated management of complex situations. It's actually tough for me to paint how this would be like a direct connection, a direct connection. But I would say when I look at a ranger that in general, managing a publishing business is a lot. I'm all about keeping your subscription simple. <laughs> so for your subscription directly, I hope we could keep it simple for you. But publishing as an ecosystem, publishing as your business, when you have subscriptions, maybe direct sales, you're doing crowdfunding, you're doing wide retailers, you're, I mean, audio, all the things you could be doing, right? Like, yeah, it could get complex. And you being able to be organized and managing that is, is key. Um, so it's a huge asset as an author, but as a subscription author, um, I don't think it's necessary. Um, but hey, it can't hurt, can't hurt to be organized and calculated. Um, so belief to you, core values are the anchor of life, family, spirituality, and giving are the most valuable things. I think this is actually huge for subscriptions and building a community for certain authors who are like really focused on like kind of building super fans who are coming back to them over and over again for a specific meta story, kind of making yourself the leader of a tribe of sorts. Um, being high belief, I think is really, really beneficial, but it's far from necessary. Like all these strikes, no one's top 34 in all of them. So don't feel left out if you're not high belief. Um, I feel like I might be high belief. I don't think I'm high arranger at all. I'm not very organized, um, but I feel like, like I'm definitely not organized, but I feel like I'm high belief. Um, and I think it's it's a good thing to be high belief because it, it, it grounds you um, and hopefully helps you be authentic because you might see some author do a new subscription tier book boxes or merch or this bonus content thing. And you're like, oh my God, like I could make so much money if I do it, maybe I should do it. But it's really important to stick to what you believe is best for you and what your values are and what giving means to you in terms of your readers. Okay, so seven is command. You don't feel bad about imposing one's opinions and beliefs onto others. I think that command cannot hurt when you're selling. Um, a lot of us are uncomfortable with, with that. Um, but it's also very important as a storyteller too. Um, but I don't have too much input on command, if I'm being honest. Um, so that's, that's one of them though. Communication. All forms of communication from verbal to written are innate to you and come out effortlessly. Um, I feel like verbal and written communication are different. Like you could be high communication written and maybe not verbal, but maybe that's just me. I, I think it's, it's useful for a lot of authors, especially if you're looking to like build more personal relationships with your readers. Being high communication will could be a huge asset as a subscription author, huge asset. And some of your readers might be interested in your subscription, might have that sort of strength as well and be highly communicative of the stories they love, the communities they participate in. But most readers aren't going to be communicating inside of your communities. Most readers are going to be what we'll call lurkers, over 80%. And that shouldn't make you feel like they like your work any less. Just because someone might not be communicating constantly with you that if anything takes the pressure off of you if you're not a high communicator um, in this context. So nine is competition. Being the best among other people that surround you is one of the most important things in life. I'm all for competition, healthy competition. With that said, I do think subscriptions reward collaboration more than competition. And I think in general, the author industry rewards collaboration more than competition, but I'm all for being competitive with yourself and trying to always, you know, be the best version of yourself to one up yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and anything that can drive you to put more passion into your work 
and work harder in a healthy, balanced way is going to be a good thing. So if you are high competition, I personally am actually, I'd probably describe myself as hyper competitive. Um, like it's, I'm really, really competitive. Um, it, you have to just channel it right. Um, you can't let the competition take over because life's not a game and uh, not everything's a trophy to be won. Um, but it, it, if you're someone who loves the competition, which I do, and you love playing the game, um, then it's never really about winning anyways. Um, so if, as long as you keep that in mind and also ground yourself with one of your other strengths, hopefully you have a number two and a top three and a top four and a top five if you're a number one competition. I think that's a good thing. Okay, so connectedness. You feel the universal oneness, which makes it clear that all humans are connected to each other. This feels very kumbaya. It's very kumbaya. You know, I think... I think this brings people to be in touch with their readers. And I feel like a lot of authors who are drawn to the idea of subscriptions and they're super fans supporting them and who even want to support others are, are probably high connectedness. So I feel like those are the kinds of people who get a lot of subscriptions and are like, oh yeah, this seems super cool and super fun, which is an amazing thing. There's context. You look back at your past and use it as context to make out what happens now and what will happen next. I mean, this is huge. I, I think it's really, really important because it's really easy to get caught up in publishing, even with subscriptions and go like, oh my God, everything's different. Like, how am I going to adjust this new age? And if we look at back at the past, there's, even with all these changes in publishing, there's been one thing that is consistent, which is writing an amazing story and it gets a reader to keep turning those pages. And that when they get the end of that book, they want another book. And they want another book and another book. This is why subscriptions are really interesting because subscriptions are built around your fans continually coming back to your stories. So the idea of like subscriptions, like your, your super fans are technically, even if they're not paying you monthly, subscribing to you in a different sort of way because they're coming back for your work. So subscribers, even if it's not paid subscriptions, underlie so much of publishing. I think it's one reason why you know, subscriptions are less of a deviation from the norm and more really just amplifying existing reading behavior. But it's also something that if you maybe aren't high futuristic, you get a little stressed out about all the things going on because subscriptions definitely can feel at the cutting edge of this industry. If you're here and you're trying to learn about this and you have a feeling overwhelmed, I would look back to the past for some context and just know that the most important thing is writing amazing stories. And I don't see that changing. I really don't even as we have all these new, grand new technologies. Um, the next one is deliberative. You understand that there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and that's why you always calculate before acting. I think being deliberative is a great thing, especially for more established authors breaking into subscriptions. You have a bigger fan base at this point the moves you make, you do have people watching you and you do want to be very calculated with your time, very deliberate about your time. But it's not just something reserved for top authors. I think we all need to be deliberate about our time. So even if you're not high, even if you're not high deliberativeness, that's not one of your high strengths, I think it, it's really worthwhile for us all to be like, is this really the best use of my time? Is this really what I want to be doing? And reflect on that and develop a reflective process. We typically say once every 90 days, you should reflect on the health of your subscription if you're meeting your goals, if you're enjoying it. 
So number 13. Oh, that's, did I skip over one? We Let's do consistency. I, they might be missing one. This might be, this list might be this one. I tried to find a list that had it all. Not, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe as, yeah, we'll, we'll see as we go through it. We'll see as we go through it. Um, so next one is developer. You don't see what is, but rather what could be but rather what could be. I feel like fantasy, sci-fi authors, maybe I'm just, I, I relate to this, world building. I think if you're a high developer, you're probably best suited, and, and th this could be something to really think about, having a subscription oriented around the worlds you're building and inviting your readers into that process to see this massive thing that we want to build together. By supporting it, you get the early access into the behind the scenes of there's going to be the merch and the character art and the and the side quest and the 10, 10 novel magnum opus, right? Um, and you don't want to ever over-promise and under-deliver, but if you're able to kind of build out the world in a way and make your subscription about inviting your readers deeper into it, for a developer, that could be such a good strategy. Um, for discipline, number 14, so you enjoy routine, seek structure, and feel the best when exerting disciplined effort. Kind of going back to consistency, which isn't here, um, but is also one of the strengths as well. And I'll kind of tie them both together, although they're different. Consistency and discipline are different. But obviously, discipline helps you be consistent. Part of subscriptions is your readers paying you monthly or annually on a recurring basis. So having some degree of consistency is helpful. Now, one thing I will say is that myself, I'm the kind of person, and a lot of creative people are like this, and probably a lot of indie authors. I'm just guessing. I have a lot of friends who are the authors, obviously. So this is just me kind of speaking from personal and learned experience. But a lot of us don't want structure. That's why we're indie authors. We're indie authors because we don't want to have a trad publisher calling the shots. Because we want to build our world on our own rules and our own terms. I don't know if anyone relates to that. I know I do. Um, okay, the list of consistency is named fairness. Got it. So we're going to get up to that soon. Um for me, it's funny because I can resist all discipline. Like part of me wants that, but it's also healthy for me to have a degree of discipline. And I do think as indie authors too, it is healthy for us to have a degree of discipline. The kind of thing is like that structure, the discipline is like us setting the structure, right? We Another person might not get to determine the rules, we do. And what's really interesting about subscriptions is that's kind of how it's set up. You know, if you're in KU, there's a set structure of how you're paid, Right of what the rankings are like, almost the game to be played. But in subscriptions, you get to write those rules. So being disciplined helps you stick to it. And that's important. Discipline is always important. But I think understanding that you get to write the rules in subscriptions is the most important thing. You get to create the structure and that's empowering. Next is empathy. So you are compassionate and can feel what others around you feel. I mean, I think this is a great thing, just being an author and writing like amazing characters. Again, I... I I think it's really important, but at the same time, at the same time, when you start to build a CUNY with your fans and maybe have opened up a door with some of your fans, which not every author needs to do or should do, but for those of you who do do this, if your fans are going to be sharing with you some things going on in their life, which can happen even over email unsolicited, 
some of these things can be really, really heartwarming, but they can also be really difficult to hear, really difficult to hear. Um, and it's important to, especially as your work grows, um, to not put all of your identity wrapped up into what your stories make other people feel. Because it can be very dangerous um, when you are so empathetic to have what feels like so much riding on everything you're creating because you know how what, what it means to other people. It's a lot of pressure. And it's something to really watch out for when trying to build a sustainable career, which subscriptions is what that's all about. And also definitely like in the chat, let me let me know if you like the pacing here. Hopefully I'm not going through it too fast. My target was to finish this in about 50 or 60 minutes of just like the good stuff. And then we'll like for fun, do my strengths. Um, but I wanted to get through like, I think the important stuff first, which is like, what's really going to help you going through each of these strengths and having you rethink it. So just let me know any questions. If you want me to dive deeper into something, if you have a specific strength you want me to touch on, um, because I know this is kind of like a dump of a lot of different ways to think about subscriptions, but it's, it's important. So 16 is fairness. You value fairness and believe that everyone should have equal opportunities. I mean, this is a really tough one in general to like that being a strength of yours is like really great, but a really tough one to like reckon with in how our society is structured and also in how the publishing industry is structured. I mean, traditional publishing like inherently is kind of not fair. You know, you're picking certain things so arbitrarily. And although indie publishing is certainly an improvement, it's no system is completely fair. And a lot of people can be disadvantaged in areas of indie publishing. And I know as authors individually, we're all working to improve this. This isn't like an author problem. This is like a system wide thing. But I just wanted to first say like, I relate to that one and it's hard. It's, it's a hard one. In terms of subscriptions, I think that fairness to your readers is really important. As long as you're not undervaluing yourself, you do wanna be fair to your readers. You do want to let them know what's happening if you're making changes. Um, you don't want any reader to feel ripped off. Um, so fairness is a high strength of yours and you want everyone to have equal enjoyment of your work and equal experience. I think it's like it's a great strength to have in, in subscriptions, but I can also see how you might be disillusioned at times with publishing um, because it's tough to sometimes reckon that. So Maddie says uh, they think of this one as the opposite of individualization. And fairness, consistency, you want to treat everyone the same. You want to be fair to them. And individualization, you want to make sure you treat everyone according to their own situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I definitely think there's some parallel slash opposite things there too, um, which is interesting. Um, if you're high, if you're high uh, fairness, does that mean that, and, or high consistency, does that mean that, I wonder if there's someone who's like high fairness and high individualization. That would be very interesting. I'd be curious to meet that person. Um, okay, thirty. So you're, I'm. Are you high in fairness then? If you're thirty-two in individualization, I'm just curious. You don't need to share. Okay, okay, yeah. That kind of maps right. That one's towards the top. One's definitely towards the bottom. Super interesting. So there's focus. There's focus, um, which is you cannot get out of bed without having a clear mission in mind that you can focus on twenty-four-seven. So. I would say this is just more of like a life thing, like, but I'm going to apply descriptions too. But first of all, tons and tons of creative people are like incredible at focusing. Um, like it's just like a superpower that a lot of us have. And I definitely like 
myself tend to hyper focus in many different situations. Um, it's healthy and this time it's not healthy. It's like the best feeling ever when you're like into the story. Um, but you can get like sucked out of the real world for like weeks on end if you're anything like me, which I would guess a plurality of you relate to, if not majority of you. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like the part of like the creative journey I found and that you have to embrace it and be open about it and communicate with people around you about things like that. Because if you have family members or partners or siblings or pets, although it's harder to talk to them, um, if, if it's like, you know, it's going to be a shorter walk today because I'm obsessed with this story that I'm writing and need to get back to it. Um, you know, your dog, your, your dog might understand, but, um, you know, partners, other people like that, it's important to kind of keep them in the loop about like, Hey, like I'm focused right now on this and this is part of who I am. And, you know, I'm going to embrace this, but I'm also not going to totally get myself lost in this world too. Right. I'm going to focus on other things as well. Um, but with that said, I think in subscriptions, focus is important regardless of whether this is a high strength of yours around, I'm going to start small, I'm going to start simple, and I'm going to focus on doing what I can to get my first paid member and not getting too distracted by the future. Um, your clear mission should be getting started sustainably and efficiently. So that focus, I think, is important. Futuristic. Um, so you're infatuated with what the future holds. You know, I think, I think this can't hurt. I think I'm pretty high futuristic or yeah, I've always been obsessed with the future. So I'd be actually very surprised if it wasn't in my top five. It's probably the one that I'm sure would be in my top five. I could be wrong. Um, you see, you say these things and then you kind of manufacture it when you actually go to the survey because there's always survey bias of, well, what do I want my answers to be? And does this one match up? But that's a whole other conversation. Regardless, um, if you're infatuated with what the future holds, it can be a great mindset because subscriptions are all about the future, helping you grow and build that fan base steadily over time. So it's definitely a great strike to have with subscriptions. But I also think if you're the type of person who's looking at the future of the publishing industry and almost feeling like, wow, there's all these things going on um, and you might not feel as comfortable with the future and you're not sure what subscriptions play into it, hopefully us going through all these other strengths starts to help map out why it makes sense for you based on what your strengths are. Harmony. So you are agreeable and peacefully talk things out to reach compromises instead of wasting energy on arguments. This one is, I think, very useful um, when just in general with direct sales, like in the world of Amazon specifically, but retailers, there's so many walls between you and your readers. Less than, you know, the old world before the internet, but there's still a lot of walls. They're not exactly uh, trying to build relationships between authors and readers. When readers have a relationship with you, there might be issues that come up, not with you directly, but for lack of better words, customer service. Now, a lot of these things, if you're like using a subscription platform or something of that nature, you can forward to them and they can handle for you. And that's kind of like the idea. I know at Ream, we do a lot of this and we're very happy to do that. Oh, a reader has this question, forward it to us and we can answer it if that's easier for you um, and happy to do so. But if there is a problem that comes up, a reader who's like, I didn't get my signed book on time. Unfortunately, that's the type of thing that at least in subscription platform, we wouldn't know because we aren't George Orwell, thank God. Um, but also that might be a moment where you have to step in, right? And share. Um, having harmony, I think, can really help make these situations uh, go smoothly and be comfortable in those situations as well. Um, 
that can be important. So next up is ideation. You have a hunger for various ideas and love talking about them with other people. If you're strong ideation, subscriptions are probably a playground for you when you're first learning about it. Cause you're like, oh my God, like I can do this. I can do, I can do bonus content. I can do art. I could do early access. I could do specific access. I can roll up and do limited time books, limited time chat. I mean, like, ah, it's so much, right? It's exciting as someone who's high ideation, but, and that's great because being high ideation allows you to be creative, allows you to put your own spin on things and, and, you know, really think outside of the box when it comes to benefits, right? And when it comes to tier benefits. Where I caution you is you can't do every idea at once. So it goes back to focus, wanting to focus on one thing at a time. I really, I think it's super important because there's so many things already in our plate as authors. This is not a strength, just a lovely person in the office. But now we're on to the next strength, inclusiveness. You feel responsibility to make everyone around you included in whatever is happening at the moment. I know you. I know so many authors who are high inclusiveness and I love you, but I also know your big problem when you when you see this. You go, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm going to publish something at $5 a month into my tier. And no matter how much content I provide, no matter how much things I provide, some fans aren't going to be able to afford it. And what do I do for them? What do I do for them? My answer is not ignore them. My answer is not don't be inclusive. But at the surface, it's hard to figure out what to do, right? It, it can feel like you are almost kind of shutting people out, gating people out, pricing people out with subscriptions. And that's super uncomfortable for someone who's high inclusiveness. Super uncomfortable. Here's how I'd approach that. Here's how to approach that. So as someone who's high inclusiveness, one, there's one reframe and then one actionable thing. The reframe is by actually generating more income from fans who are able to afford paying you, you're able to actually produce more work, make your work better, potentially put your work for free later and give back to your readers in other ways. It allows you to be more inclusive over the long run. That's one thing, but that still doesn't probably make you feel comfortable. So here's a second thing. What you can do as an author and... And this isn't possible um, on really most subscription platforms, but if you're using Ream, you can do this. Um, and elsewhere, there's ways I'm sure you could figure out how to make it work. But if you, it, you just contact our support, support at reamstories.com, and we can create a promo code that gifts someone into your subscription. You can do this for beta readers. You could do this for people on your team, but you could also do this for readers that you know have been loyal to you for a while, want to be in on the action, but might not be able to afford at this time. You can gift them any subscription for any length of time. It doesn't cost anything to you. I mean, obviously it doesn't cost anything to you. You're just not making money from it, but that's someone who's high inclusiveness might not mind doing that. Here's a second thing. Following, the fact that readers can follow you allows you to be still inclusive in many ways of folks that you might not be gifting subscriptions to. You might be putting a lot of your content to paid tiers, but you might still be publishing some content to followers and still keeping them involved in everything. I think that's important too. And the last thing is that if you want to gift subscriptions, we are working on a beta around having other readers gift subscriptions to other readers before the holidays. And because like this is very deep, 40 minutes into a webinar that... Uh, usually a little over a hundred people watch this, but nothing insane. Um, 
I'm comfortable saying this. If you reach out to our support team and you're interested in readers gifting subscriptions to each other, it's going to be a pretty manual process right now because we're working on rolling out a lot of other stuff on Ream that's automatic and built into the platform itself that we think is like just more fun, like audio and discovery and things of that nature that I think almost all authors will agree. Yeah, that should come before readers give subscriptions to other readers. But because the holiday seasons are around and because it could be a way for people to give back, we do want to enable that. Um, and we do have a way to do it. It's like, I wouldn't even call it in beta. It's like an alpha. But if you're interested, we basically create a link for you and you could share that link with readers. Um, and that link would allow them to buy a gift for a friend. Now, they have to know the email of the reader that they're gifting the subscription to right now. Down the line, we'd love to do something like Twitch's monetization, where on Twitch, you can like just gift subscriptions in general. Um, and you don't need to have a specific person in mind. Um, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet, but we can at least do step one. So I figured I'd share that for the inclusive folks. Okay, we have one person going, I wanna do that. That's cool. You reach out to us, we'll help. We'll help. Um, input, you probably are, a lot of y'all here probably like input, you're here um, and learning. If you're high input and you wanna do subscriptions, Go to the Subscriptions for Authors YouTube channel. We have now 87 videos posted there. Most are an hour long. Um, and literally by the end of this month, there will be over 100 videos on that YouTube channel. Yes, we have a lot of content this month. That literally means there will be 100 hours, basically, of totally free subscription-oriented content for you to experience online. About, I would say, 60% of it is interviews um, and summit talks and things of that nature. And about 40% of it is individual episodes with me and Amelia, fireside chats, boot camps, things of that nature. It's, it's, it's by far the biggest library of content online about how to succeed in subscriptions as a fiction author. And if you ever like, if you know anyone who's interested in getting into it, like just send them the link to the channel. Like there's literally, there's no other resource that even compares to it. Um, and that's where I would go if you're high input. <laughs> like if you're high input, just keep learning. I love learning. I think learning's great. And you're in the right place. You're definitely in the right place. Intellection. So you're drawn to intellectually difficult things from challenging conversations to logical puzzles. I love our high intellects. All love for you. At the surface, when I was first reading this one and preparing for this, I was like, how does this relate to subscriptions? Like, how can I tie this strength back to something that's going to be beneficial for you all to hear? And I got a few things. So one is that with being high intellect, I think that the things that subscriptions allow you to focus on when it comes to reader psychology slash super fan psychology inclusiveness and community building are really interesting intellectually and probably really fun for you to think about. And when you think about the different models that you can run and the history behind the models of like the serial fiction early access and where these things are going, I think it's it's very interesting to think about and to then try and puzzle where can you be best fit in it. So I think having high intellection is is, is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing to have as a human being. And it probably serves you really well in writing. Being high intellect is a great thing to have because 
ultimately so many of our readers are drawn to our stories to process and get through challenging conversations to make sense of the world around them. That is actually a little sidebar, but The Story Paradox is an amazing book by Jonathan Gottschall, which I've recommended before, but it's one of the few books that I would say like, there's probably 10 books that are like on my reading list that just like I would give to anyone and they're amazing. And Story Paradox is easily like up there. The book's about how storytelling both built our civilization, but then has also destroyed it or is destroying it, which is really tough to hear as an author. And that totally hooked me. Um, I'm like, you got me on the subtitle. Uh, I'm reading. And I, I won't give the whole thesis of the book right now, but I'll share one thing that's really interesting, which is this argument or idea that we are basically self-domesticated as a species. Like there's like a several uh, like um, species that we've like domesticated as humans. Um, dogs are an example of domesticated species, many cats, um, pigs, et cetera. And you can argue um, you know, around if domestication should be a thing, how we treat animals. And I won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole, um, although very valid rabbit hole. Um, uh, oh, that's funny. Rabbits can be domesticated too. Um, but what I want to talk about is that the argument in this book that I found really interesting was that stories have domesticated ourselves. And as we had ever more complex social structures, we basically used storytelling to try and cope with our social world where the biggest problem for humans now isn't raw survival anymore. Is there enough food? And this is even true going back to hunter-gatherer societies, okay? So this, this has been a development for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, with the rise of storytelling, especially over the last, let's say, 30 or 40,000 years, especially once things started shifting towards farming in many societies, but still storytelling takes place in purely hunter and gatherer societies too. But with us being complex social species, it's how we were able to navigate things. So anyways, that's a weird intellectual thing. I enjoy this type of thing. But what that means is that stories are really, really important for helping people get through complex social situations. And it's one of our number one survival needs. And you all are fulfilling it as authors and being high intellect might help you be able to help people sort through a very complex puzzling world that by the day is getting more confusing, more weird, and that we need more help with. Um, I mean, yeah, like romance novels are being read more now than ever. Why, that's not surprising. The dating world for all ages and all people is weirder now more than ever science fiction and fantasy people love more than ever like everything like why people are reading actually like you know a lot now they're reading more than they were 50 years ago for the most part um there's a larger reading market now and all these things play a role in that so i i digress hopefully that makes you feel like you're you're doing something really meaningful it's not just about entertaining people it's actually about their survival um okay so oh great great and um putting those things in the chat you're you're awesome um learner so you enjoy learning for the sake of learning. The process of learning itself is enough to satisfy you. This is a really good mindset to have going into subscriptions. If you're like, I just want to give it a shot. I just want to give it a shot. You know, I just want to learn. And you're kind of like, okay with the outcome. You're okay if it maybe doesn't go the way you want it to, because you're still going to be satisfied through the process of learning it. It's a great mindset to go into. And I think high learners might be willing to start something like subscriptions a bit easier. And there's nothing, nothing like, like that's a great outcome. If you learning satisfies you, it still doesn't go the way you want. Um, of course, if we're not high learners, we might not be satisfied by the learning process. And then that's a, a challenge that we'll have to think about. Um, 26 is maximizer. You love to pursue excellence and mastery and admire it. 
in other people. I mean, this is an amazing thing for building teams. Like if you're hiring assistants, if you're looking to bring on an editor that you're really having a longer term relationship with or a cover designer, anything of that nature, narrator, having ridiculously high standards is one of the core reasons you see outlier success in authors. Like, like someone who has ridiculously high standards about how awesome their book needs to be is going to, it's going to pay off for someone like that. Um, if you're willing to care more and put more into what you do and the people around you, I can't imagine that it's not going to lead to a good outcome. Um, so being a maximizer is, is a great thing and surrounding yourself with other maximizers, other people who also pursue excellence is a really great thing. Um, when you're really trying to go from author to author empire, which I know some people here have do think about, we work with a lot of authors who do that. Um, I would say Amelia Rose is certainly in that process right now. Um, and it's been cool. Like when I met her, she didn't really have a team yet. And now she has definitely more of a team built out around her, which is pretty cool um, to, to have seen that process on kind of, kind of the inside. Um, so then 27 is uh, positivity. Um, you often compliment other people and enjoy spreading positivity around you. This one is super, this one, this one's important in like three really important contexts. One, like you want to make people feel appreciated, especially the reader supporting you. So spreading positivity to them is an amazing thing. Two, I hope you also spread positivity to yourself. Um, and spreading it to other authors is also super important when collaborating um, because a lot of us as authors, validation can mean a lot to us. Um, yes, I love neuroscience. There's actually neuroscientific reasons behind that and how a lot of creative people's brains are wired that validation is something we seek out. I don't need to go on a rant about that, but we probably, a lot of us feel that. Like validation means a lot to us. Like a five-star review feels freaking awesome. Um, getting just a kind word from another author can go a long way. And I'm a very big believer in that if you're going to be in a collaborative relationship with another author and there's going to be, it's it's important to hold people to high standards and to be pursue excellence. But if there's going to be criticism, you should handle it in a way in which either criticism takes place in a very specific structured environment in which it's about the criticism and not about the person. And everything else is generally pretty positive. So maybe it's like once a month you sit down and you go through, these are all the things we could have done better in our partnership. This is what I didn't like about the story. And these beats could have been better. And when you handed that part off to me, I didn't like, okay, you could do something like that. Or you could pair something negative in a moment, negative feedback you want to give with something really positive too. Um, I think that's just so important with working with other people, especially creative people to do that, like those like management techniques. And again, so some of you might be listening to this, Michael, be like, oh my God, this has no zero pertinence to my author career right now. But so many of you who are going to be career authors are going to encounter all of these things, all these things. So I think they're really important to think about. 28 or later, we're going to enter the R's now. Yeah, it's the R's. You value intimate relationships and want to relate to people that are close to you. Someone who's high relater is probably going to be the type of author who's going to want to do like a Zoom book club or like a Zoom call with their top fans and would just love that or something of that nature. Maybe a Zoom call isn't comfortable for you. 
but relating and building those intimate relationships in a different kind of medium. Um, not every reader is interested in like that sort of intimate relationship, but for the ones that are, and for the authors that are, it can be like both like rewarding for you financially, but also it, you know, emotionally too. It, it, it's a great alignment between what readers want, some of your readers, not all of your readers, but what a segment of your readers want, what they're willing to pay for and what you're able to do and want to do as well. So that's a great kind of area of things to think about as a relator. And being a relator is typically, I think, a great check to have as a subscription author. 29 is responsibility. You tend to solve, oh no, I, I skipped. Uh, you are dependable, responsibility. You are dependable and always deliver on your promises. This is a huge one. This is a huge one. Responsibility is a huge one for subscription authors. This is like really important. You don't have to always deliver on your promises, but like over promise, oh, sorry, under promise, over deliver is so important. I've said that so many times this week because of all the boot camps. I've like kind of like, I'm, I'm missing up the, the thing. I'm putting the over before the under. But regardless, under promise, over deliver. It's the number one way to build trust. It's the number one way to build trust. It really is. Obviously, if you consistently over and over and over and over and over and over deliver, that becomes the expectation. And then you want to keep meeting that. So expectations are really important. And there's a really wild game between trust and expectations and all this stuff that uh, we could we could like go on a whole rant about it and talk about it forever. But regardless, being responsible is, is important. Going back to two simple words. Under promise, over deliver. Hate to break it down to you, but a lot of it comes back to that. It's really that simple. Restorative, 30. You tend to solve problems around you and find the core reason for something not going according to the plan. This is the exact kind of mentality that'll really benefit you if you're like, oh, I launched my subscription. It's been two weeks. I've already sent out two emails. I put a social media post about it. No one's here. Why? Right? And that can be feel really defeating. And a lot of us might be like, we're done. I'm giving up. But someone who's high restorative is going to be like, nope. We can get through this. What's going on? What's really happening here? Is it just that my subscription failed? Because that's really not very informative. What is the real reason? So I I encourage you all to kind of, even if it's tough, even if it's not natural to you, to kind of have that thinking process when something isn't going your way, when you're trying to troubleshoot your subscription. The next one is self-assurance. You are confident in yourself that you are a capable person to accept new challenges. I feel like not many of us are high self-assurance. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's just me. I, I feel like a lot of us can, can doubt ourselves in the in, in the indie author community. And y'all are rock stars. I know you got it. Um, if you are high self-assurance, like that's a great characteristic to have when starting anything new because it's going to make you feel more confident in yourself. And that's a good thing. But if if you're low in self-assurance, like I hope you know that like we're all just doing our best at the end of the day. No one has all the answers and you don't make any shots you don't take. That's a big thing. But the other big thing is making sure you take shots that you also can miss. So not spending 50 hours a week in your subscription. If you have a full-time job, that's probably not sustainable unless you're making a full-time income from your subscription, right? So making sure the resources you put into something, the shot that you take is commensurate with what you're able to give at this stage of your life, et cetera. That's a really important part of it. So we're down to the final three now. 
I actually can't believe I did this on time. And then I'm literally just going to jump right into the strength assessment. Um, <laughs> but this one is interesting. Significance. You are hungry for recognition and validation from other people. Um, this one is good to not shy away from. Like, if you know this about yourself, don't hide it. Um, you don't have to like beg people for compliments or validation, but that just means that you're going to want to set yourself up to feed this strength of yours in the things that you do. Um, and I think specifically in subscriptions, what makes this maybe really interesting for someone who's high significance is that your readers are able to comment inside of the chapters. You're getting that more immediate feedback. So that validation and that recognition of, oh, this was a great chapter. Oh, this was a great paragraph, right? That's going to be a bigger benefit for someone who is high significance. Then we have strategic. You can easily see patterns and find strategic solutions to complex problems. High strategic is the kind of person who's built their subscription business plan, who has this as part of their broader author business plan. It's going to be rolling their books out of their subscription and starting this tier on this date and this tier on this date. And I love high strategic people. I think being high strategic is, is great. And I think it's super beneficial with subscriptions and probably helps a lot of you plot out where it makes sense to you and why. You probably have a very strong why. And that's important. But also remember that the strategy can change and not to be too, too rigid. You want to be very nimble at responding to feedback, especially in the beginning. Down the line, as your description grows, it becomes more established. That becomes a little less true. But in the beginning, you want to balance the strategy with adaptability, which is another one of our strengths. And lastly is WU34. It stands for winning others over and you possess natural charisma to do so. I think a lot of us are very wooing with our words and our stories. Um, but probably a lot of us don't feel as comfortable wooing people with like sales copy and things of that nature. So I think it's really important that if you are high woo to like one, lean into it, but understand what environments you're able to possess this ability to sell others in, to be able to win others over. And like, where are you comfortable to do this? And if you're not high woo, you probably still have certain environments that you're more suited to do this in. And those would be the places that you're probably best suited to market your subscription. Oh my God. That was like actually a lot. I'm going to take a deep breath. Um, strengths test takes about 30 minutes to complete. We're going to wrap this up right at 4.30 Eastern. So like in 33 minutes. I'm going to go through it pretty quickly. So you'll have to hang around to the very end if you want to see that. But I want to give everyone five minutes to ask questions and kind of give you a signal. And if you're not interested in like going through the strengths with me together, you can leave. It's all good. Um, but if you want to see my strengths at the end, um, I'll make sure I'm done with this test before 4.30 p.m. Um, so before then, though, I want to take five minutes. Do people have any questions, any feedback on this? First time we tried breaking down something like this, but if you look at our past Fireside Chats, we've done tier awards, pricing, marketing, starting. Oh my God, we've done like, I don't want to say we've done everything, but like we've done a lot. <laughs> we've done a lot of different Fireside Chats. So I wanted to like kind of just try a new format and see what y'all thought. So curious for your feedback, curious for your questions. We'll take the next five minutes to do that.
I'm glad. I'm glad you thought it was applicable. Like I said, I'm not a strengths coach, so I, I, I do my best, but I'm not like formally certified or anything like that. Um, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to try and apply it to subscriptions. If we don't have any questions, I'm gonna go back to sharing my screen and I'm gonna do the test. Um, uh, yeah, I let's do it. Um, feel free to, like I said, I don't want people to like, this was like, in terms of like when I was planning this out, this is like all the value I'm delivering to you. Like, I feel like this is like the insights, like I delivered them. Um, the next half hour is just a little fun, you know? The boot camp's going on. If y'all been participating, it's been a, a heady week in a good way, but we can just kind of relax and do a strength test for a half hour. If you're into that, stick around. If you're not, no hard feelings. Um, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Um, but I'm going to share my screen now and we're going to get in to the strength test. So do, do, do. I'll make it full screen for me. Move this here. Move this here. Cool. So... I'm on the starting page, but I haven't officially started yet. What is your primary language? English. 177 pair of descriptions. From each pair, select the script that best fits you and the extent to which it does so. There will be instances when both descriptions fit you. Choose the descriptor that seems to fit you best or more often. You have 20 seconds to make each choice. Okay, good. So this is going to be gut responses. We're going to see how fast we can go through this. I probably won't announce my answers. You'll just have to look at them and I'll try and entertain you with some sort of talking. Um, okay. I pick out just the right gifts for each of my friends. I get gifts that most that most people would like. Uh, I'm definitely more on this side. There's certain friends I struggle with, but I like being like, I I enjoy that challenge. Oh, def definitely the futures. Although I'm studying history. That's the funniest part about me. I'm studying history in college. Okay. That's like my actual major is history and science. Um, uh, I want everyone to like me. I want people to adore me. I definitely don't want everyone to like me. I guess I do like people adoring me. Yeah, it's nice. I strive to win first place. I enjoy playing the game. I enjoy playing the game um, without a doubt. I don't think we can... There's not always first place. Um, I've always worked hard. I'm slow. I've always worked hard. Definitely. Um, I think about what I must improve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. Um, I'm a sensitive person. I'm a logical person. Honestly, I'm not sure here. I'm going to go sensitive because although I'm logical, I really am quite sensitive. Uh, and I, I found that more out about myself. So I'm going to go on that side. Hmm. Why are these opposites? What the heck? Um, I get to know people individually. I accept many types of people. This is so hilarious doing this publicly because it's like, oh yeah, like I don't care about individuals or, oh yeah, I definitely don't accept people. But I think that I have very deep relationships with people. Um, so that's next. Oh, oh no. Okay. They paused. Um, sorry, conversation is for me. I get a rush up striking hard as a stranger. I like talking to strangers. Um, I feel great about life. Yeah, I feel great about life. Um, I'm a team member. I'm an individual achiever. I like being a team member. Um, I can make people feel that they are someone important to me. I can make people feel successful. Um, I prefer to do the left one, although it's great to make people feel successful too. My ambition guides my life. A view of humanity guides my life. 
Hmm. I think it's my view of humanity more, but I am quite ambitious too. Um, being a confident to others, giving satisfaction. I want to be a leader of others. Definitely a leader. Um, I like to follow so you can, I love looking at things from different angles. Uh, definitely love looking at things from different angles. I'm bad at following steps. Uh, I have committed to growth. I commit to my values. Growth. I want to have balance in my life. I want to have the best in my family. Definitely this one, I'm not very balanced. Um, every day I talk many times about my visions for the future. I set aside plenty of time to think about the future. I'm probably more on this side. Um, I can get other people excited. I can calm others. I'm definitely, yeah. Well, I, I can calm others down too, but no, I'm more on the excited side. Once I've made a decision, I have to act. I need to be sure I'm right before I take action. Uh, yeah, I probably am more on this side. Uh, I concentrate harder than most people on what I want to get done. I go with the flow and keep an overview of issues. I believe there are no coincidences. Every event has its reason. For me, coincidences are uh, are luck, chance, a fluke, or an accident. Uh, I'm neutral here, honestly. That feels like it goes into the conversation of religion, and I'm I'm confused. Uh, I'm a good conversationalist. I'm a good listener. Hmm. Totally depends on the situation. I'm always talking at y'all, it feels like, but I enjoy listening more than anything. Um, that's what I do most of my day in my one-on-one -on -one meetings with people. I enjoy giving recognition. I enjoy receiving recognition. Hmm. It's a little bit of both, but I don't really care for awards that much. I like uplifting other people, but it's a little bit, definitely not strong. I like contests. I like to work. I like contests. Contests are fun. I like gamifying things. I'm a very down-to-earth thinker, and I wisely rely on experts to help me find the answer. I'm a creative strategic thinker and patterns. Yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is more me. Um, I'm fully alive, full of joy and delight. I'm aware of all the factors by the situation. I don't even know how anyone's fully aware of all the factors. So yeah, I want to be CEO of a large organization. Sure. Uh, I sign to intimidate others. Well-known leaders intimidate me. I really hope this is neutral because this is definitely not true. And I hope this is not true. Um, I can put myself into someone's life and understand what they're going through. I have an ability, I have an ability to love people all the people. Ooh. Oh my God. These are like impossible shoes. Um, I push others to succeed. I make other people happy. No, I'm definitely a people pleaser. Um, I am a carefree person. I'm more mature than my associates friends. Probably closer to this side, but I wouldn't say I'm not carefree. Just get me on the right day. I like to be doing things other as much as possible. I like to arrange things for other people. Probably more on this side. I think. Uh, by studying history, I can figure out the future. My future will be in a No, I'm definitely there. Um, I'm part of something larger than myself. I am an earthy person. I like nature, though. Hmm. I wonder. Work is just a way to earn a living. I want work to be a way of life for me. Um, I feel blue when someone doesn't like me. I feel guilty when I don't, I do anything that, yeah, definitely. Um, I organize, I analyze. I'm more on the analyzer side, definitely not on the organizer side. Um, I listen to people so I can make them feel understood. I can make people feel good by picking out what is important and what they have said. No, this is more me. I don't even know what the left one means. I seek out philosophical people. I like to switch with Harvard. Definitely on this side. Although I, I like our philosophical people too. Uh, I enjoy making others feel worthwhile. I enjoy making others feel successful. No, worth is everything. Success is fleeting. I, I use instinct to solve problems. 
I use exact well researched information. I'm definitely more on this end. Um, I have a healthy skepticism about life. I believe I'm connected with all of humankind. Neutral. Um, my friends ask me to tell stories. My husband asked me, advice. no, no, they like, they, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I prefer to be around people like me. I feel bad when other people are left out. I am more on this end. I don't like being around people like me. That'd be weird. I have great stamina and have always been known to work harder and longer than most people. I can keep up with most people. I'm not, no, that, yeah. Um, anything to do with athletic transportation, anything related to thoughts about humankind gets my attention. I'm more on this side. Um, I'm a very tidy person. I'm very stubborn. I'm, yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working, uh, if I'm being honest, I'm probably more on that end, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it, okay? Um, I grow when I share. I grow when I learn. Uh, honestly, though, like, it is more about sharing for me. Like, when I share, like, the podcast, I learn doing it. So, yeah, I follow written plan my future. I discover the future one day at a time. It's it's more on this end, but definitely not quite like that. I focus on what I can achieve in the future. I imagine how I respond to whatever happens in the future. What is our time? Oh, actually, we're making good time. Let's keep blowing through it. I imagine, uh, yeah, this. Um, I relate to others better when I find their weakness. I relate to others when I know their goals. I'm more on the goals end. Um, I include everybody so I don't hurt anyone's feeling. I set my friends carefully. My ego is not so large that I need to be recognized as a credible professional. So this person is very important. I don't care that much about that. I enjoy understanding the causes of world wars. I enjoy understanding the makeup of the world's population for years hence. Uh, let's go that. I don't feel that strongly about that. Passionate issues that affect my life. I'm analytical about No, I'm passionate. Uh, I progress by capitalizing upon my talents. I progress by overcoming my weaknesses. Ooh. I feel like strengths are weaknesses at the same time. So like, Dog, this isn't weird. I'm just going to be a little bit on that end. No, no, I'm strong. I believe that strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, everything has to be planned. I've heard of the flow. It's definitely more of the flow. I never really follow a daily plan. I find different ways to do things. I establish routine ways for getting things done. I'm a little bit more on this side, but I like setting up systems for other people. I hate it when I cry. Tears are a part of my life. Oh. I'm I'm a little bit more on this side. I don't like it when I cry, but I do cry sometimes. I enjoy relaxing. I enjoy cleaning. I definitely don't enjoy cleaning. Um, but I don't really enjoy relaxing either. Uh, happiness is money. Happiness is not about money. We're gonna go here. I ask for the opinions of others. Others come to me for opinions. Um, it's probably more on this end. I believe it is absolutely essential to treat all people equally and have clear rules for people. Others come as unique about each person. And motivating them individually. I'm definitely more to this end. That's what subscription is all about, finding your own way. I rely on experts to help me find the answers. Answers and issues naturally merge for me to see. Yeah, I don't even believe in experts. I don't know what experts are. It's an open question in my mind. I'm very generous in giving praise. I just like to be giving praise. I like people to know they're doing well, but I wouldn't say I'm very generous because I don't want that to like cheapen my praise. I'm never fully satisfied unless I'm number one in competition. I'm happy to be in the top group. No, yeah, sadly. Um, I'm good at figuring out how people who are very different can work together. I have a gift for treating people, different people equally. I, I yeah, I, I like bridging gaps. I try to stay within my comfort zone. No, oof, that's like super strong. Um, I can sense the feelings of association associates. I enjoy 
Um, I can't believe why you are all still here. It's ridiculous. Uh, I enjoy discussing big ideas. Yeah, probably more on this end. Um, what is important is what people are like, not whether I like them or not. There are people that I, I don't like. They just go against my green. Yeah, a little bit more on that end. Um, I dress my heart for important I use my head for important decisions. It's a little bit more on the heart. I respond to things as they occur. I prioritize things that act. Probably a little bit more on this end, but I more create the things because I create my own deadlines and then I have to respond to the deadlines. Um, I like everybody. I want everyone to like me. The thing is, I definitely don't like everybody. I don't really care about people liking me either. So I'm going to go neutral. <laughs> I just like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm driven by my goals. I'm driven by my mission. Definitely more mission oriented. I am set performance objectives each week. My work is turned by the demands of the day. Definitely more on this end of things. Um, I like to take care of the present. I live for the future. Mm, yeah, I'm probably actually all the way there. I have to force myself to study. I can concentrate on things which I'm interested. Yeah, the interested part is key. I like anything dealing with children. I, yeah, sorry. Um, I like work that requires exactness. I prefer working as a team member. I study what makes others tick. I am introspective. I love that, studying what others tick. I am zestful. I am routinized. I'm going to say somewhere. Eh, I'm a little zesty. Uh, I am passionate about education. I am passionate about eliminating violence. Um, Like, this is horrible. I'm going to go a little more on the education side. But I like don't like violence either, for the record. Um, I like to be heard. I like to listen. I like to listen. I'm a good storyteller. I'm a good coach. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely storytelling is more my thing, but I, I like coaching too. I'm satisfied with my progress in life. I worry about my future. It's still good on time. Um, uh, no, I, I'm satisfied. I don't really worry that much about the future. I like to talk. I like to think. Probably more on the talking side. I talk my ideas out. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a person who gets perfectionist. Um, I'm very down to earth thinker. I'm a creative teacher thinker. I see got people who will be honest with me about maybe I choose to shoot. Yeah. No, I like a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have to take care of myself first. I feel I need to start. Yeah, sometimes too far. I'm a social butterfly. I like to work hard with friends. This one. I actually don't like, I'm not that much of a social butterfly. Um, I've never had a loss for words. It's hard for me to talk about for myself. No, it's I'm not at a loss of words. Um, definitely more on the serious end. Um, I love to study. I love to go out. I I don't like to do either of those things. Um, I'm often forgetful. My nature is to check as often as necessary to be sure everything is in order. I'm a little bit more the forgetful side. I'm a keen observer of the differences between people. I should all be equally. Really I would say I, I'm more like to observe the differences, overcoming weaknesses, and removing deficiencies is my way of achieving. No, building on talents. Um, when things get tough, I need things done perfectly. I tend to jump in and get it done. So when things get done, I tend to rely on the strengths of the people on my team. I don't try to do it all myself. Definitely, definitely more to that way. Um, actually, no, I probably am really outgoing. I just sometimes feel like I'm not. But I want as many friends as possible. I want a few deep, yes. Um, I think that definitely it's 
almost never justifiable to tell a lie, but there's situations where you don't want to hurt people. A white lie of sorts. I'm always building new friendships. I want a few friends that I know a lot about. I feel like I'm at this stage of my life where I'm more building new friendships. I've been known for my neatness. I've been known for my sense of humor. Definitely haven't been known for my neatness. Uh, I'm creating my future. I like to challenge people. Yeah, definitely more on the challenge side. Like in a positive way. Like I want to give people a challenge. I'm a very private person. My life is an open world. Probably more to that end for sure. I'm generous. I'm a 50 person. Definitely more generous. I'm a leader. I'm a high achiever. I think I'm more of a leader. I like flattering others. I can stay for as long as it takes. I have a really short attention. I actually can study for as long as it takes, but I don't like doing it. I'm careful not to give out too much praise and recognition. So when I do, it really means something. I'm open to learning new things. My values are stable. I am very open to learning new things. I have a purpose for my life. My life is very enjoyable. I have a purpose. I enjoy those goals. I enjoy goal setting conferences. I like to be alone. I am missing my friends. I like to be alone. I visualize the future. I understand what caused the present circumstance. I visualize the future. It's easy for me to admit the truth. I struggle to be honest with myself. No, definitely more on that side, but I, I would not say it's super easy. I'm afraid, not afraid to talk about who I am. As a child, I was quite aggressive and independent. Probably fit in well cause. No, I, eh, more on this end. I wouldn't say aggressive, but independent. I like to entertain. I like to go to athletic events. Ah, more on this end. Um, I hate to be controlled. I avoid messy people. I do not associate with dishonest people. Yep. In uncertain situations, I tend to, let's do a quick time check. Oh, okay, we're good on time. Blowing through it. I, in uncertain situations, I tend to seek the guidance of others who should know the right things to do. No matter what situation or where, I always naturally know the right things to do. Um, definitely like to lean on others. People who have not figured out their goals irritate me. I don't like to be around people who can't relax. A little bit more on that end. Uh, yeah, a little bit more on that end for sure. Uh, I dislike deadlines. Yep, definitely on that end. Um, I encourage people. I strengthen people. Do do. No answer. Um, what is this, what has happened in the past inspires me. What can be achieved in the future inspires me. Definitely, definitely. Okay, last minute pressure focuses my mind. Uh, no, yeah, definitely on that side. Um, I think most people will steal if the conditions are right. I know that most people who steal should be punished. Um, yeah, there's certain conditions like the French Revolution kind of stuff when the family didn't have bread, but I don't think stealing is good. Excess is my greatest need. My desire, my deepest desire is feel, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a reasonable person. I'm a responsible person. I'd say I'm responsible. Um, I, most of my thoughts and energies are with the here and now. Mm, more on this side. Past and future for me, present's tough. I'm driven to make a difference in the world. This. Uh, I have a great side to learn. I need to be known as a great side to learn. I think a lot, a lot of cause effect relationships. I take things as they come. A little bit more on the cause and effect side. Figuring out why I failed. Definitely why I failed. There's an element of discontent in my life. I'm content in my life. Definitely more towards the discontent side. I seek responsibility. I strive for I seek responsibility. I'm agreeable to people. I take risks. I take risks. Uh, I spend my years on time thinking about the future. I spend my a little bit more on this end. Um, I think it would normally be 70%, but. Uh, company things are pressing. Uh, I inspire the friends, uh, you know, it's like 
How much can you think about the future? There's so much to get done today. Uh, I inspire friends to make things happen. I think hard to make people who are bring hard to people. No, I like to inspire friends. Uh, when necessary, I register a complaint. When I take into account all the work I do, my typical work is 35 hours. For sure. Um, I'm lighthearted. I'm serious. A little bit more on the lighthearted side. Um, it's easy for me to start new tasks. I promise getting projects finished. I would say I'm a little bit on that side. I can get along with anybody. I select my friends carefully. I definitely can get along with anyone. But I did like select this earlier. So that I, am I just going to screw up the results? Set my friends carefully. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I cry easily. I'm tough-minded. Uh, they are like repeating now. What the heck? Um, okay. I'm an observer of life. I want to control the events in my life. I definitely am more to the controlling side um, or creating side. When I need to, I can concentrate on my work for hours at a time. Definitely. Yeah, that's the one I gravitated towards. I can ask for other people, many people into it. Yeah, I would say that's true. I am at my best when I have several things going on at the same time. My way is focusing definitely, definitely like, let's get one thing done, let's finish it. I had a teacher or a coach who really cared about me as a person. You know, and this was super impactful to me. I've had amazing teachers. I'm a good initiator. I have the power to follow through. Um, I would say I'm an initiator. Following through, I, I do too, but like it's the initiation. That's my thing. I'm good at listening to people for a project. I'm good at thinking of a project. I feel like both are some of my biggest strengths, but yeah, more to that end. Um, numbers are a lot. Yeah, um, I like numbers. I prefer intellectual discussions. I've heard to talk about sports. Definitely more on the intellectual side. Um, the words I use are intellectually stimulating. My vocabulary consists of practical words. I hope it's more on the practical side. My language consists of short, simple words. I tend to hope it's on the shorter side. Um, it's easy for me to put my thoughts where as many times I've been lost. But nope. We're writers here. I love to read. I love to read. Mine is always going. I like lectures. I like discussion groups. Eh, jeez. In school, I don't like either. Um, neutral. Although, mm, I guess I do like discussion groups. Okay, it just has the discussion matters. Um, I get a thrill from discovering a pattern data. Uh, yeah, more than I like to study. I have a craving to know more. I have a craving to be rich. Hmm. Honestly, definitely on this side. I want to retire my mom. Shout out to you, mom. I always make deadlines. I follow through and do what I said I would do. Um, I always make deadlines. Um, a new idea makes my day. Completing the task expected of me makes my day. This does make my day, but it never happens. Um, whenever I'm in a group, I seem to have more ideas than others. Whenever I'm in a group, I seem to be the best prepared. Definitely not the best prepared. That's not me. Uh, yeah, I feel like I have more ideas, but not, not the best part. I, was, I never stopped running. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. Winning is everything. Doing it right is everything. More more to the doing it right side, although I'm very competitive, doing it right is character over plot. Very important to me. Um, my philosophy, guys, my life, my life is guided by me. It's a little bit more my values philosophy than like me itself, but because I feel like those things are me. I spent at least five hours. Of it, like, thinking, like, yeah, definitely more than that. 
Uh, I know my strengths better than my weaknesses. I know my weaknesses better than my strengths. I think more towards strengths than weaknesses. Um, I love people a little bit more on that end. Okay, wow. That was a whirlwind. What happens next? Oh, geez, what's going on? Okay. Futuristic, achiever, strategic, belief, activator. I think that's my top five. I don't know exactly how it works, though. So this is, is oh, this is my top 10. Oh, okay. Second screenshot this. What am I 34 in? I am 34 or 33 in discipline. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not disciplined. Uh, uh, I am 34 in what? Isn't there 34? Okay, either way. Um, oh, includer. Ooh, that's weird. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a bad person. So one futuristic, two achiever, three strategic, uh, four believe, five activator. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that 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 makes sense to me. I'm definitely very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like all oh, this is gospel, but. I guess these are my top 10. Focus. I like focusing, responsibility, visualization. Well, you all learned a little bit more about me. That was like surprisingly personal. My God. It's like you got like a, like a, like an inside view of my brain. It's like you went inside my brain. Um, that actually went a lot faster than I thought. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen. I'll read through some of the chat. Um, do do do. Wait, ah, uh, no. Where did it go? Okay, cool. I like having different types of topics for these meetings. We have a strength test at work. We do a lot of. Yeah, Gallup is just the one I choose. I felt like it was the most reputable. But yeah, for me, it's fun to see how many of your choices, I guess, and knowing to what strengths you're going. Um, this was a lot of fun, super fun. Oh, I'm glad y'all had fun. This was fun for y'all. That's good. Um, okay, just two sides of a coin. Well, you see, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Um, well... Um, those are my top five and top 10. Uh, so now, uh, when you see me at conferences, I can't even tell you how many people have asked me this at conferences. You know what it is. Um, probably should make a post in the Facebook group to sharing my top 10, uh, because I've had like over, over a hundred people ask me my strengths. Um, so I did this because of all of you. Now, you know, my strengths. You know it. You saw me take the test. These are my strengths. Uh, verified. Verified by Gallup. Um, okay. I don't know, Ariel. I, you know, we, 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 there was a lot for me. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, wow. That was like exhausting, but fun. Um, okay, we got five minutes.
Uh, any questions I can answer? Anything I can help with about anything related to subscriptions, Ream, author life? Okay, Lindsay, we'll see you soon. I'm grateful for you sticking around. I hope I hope this fire fireside chat was fun for you. Um, am I surprised? You know, let me. I'm not. No, I don't think I'm surprised. I, I'm definitely not surprised about um, futuristic. That one I knew. Strategic. I'm, I tend to be very strategic, and achiever also makes a ton of sense to me. So those three being in my top five make a ton of sense, and so does belief, frankly. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of mine are my top 10 are executing. So executing is like my, my thing seems like five of my top 10 are executing and strategic thinking is three of my futuristic input and strategic. So that all makes sense to me. Um, for sure. That doesn't surprise me. Any questions? Anything can help with everyone? We got three more minutes. No, no questions. No, I'm glad you got to see the text. It'll be live on YouTube, the recording. So that'll be fun. And I'm very glad that we were able to do this together. It was very cool for me to get to to learn more about myself too. You know, you kind of like going through the process, get to learn a little bit. So that's fun. We'll get this up on YouTube soon. Love day four and day five of the boot camp tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern. If you're not on our mailing list yet, you should sign up for it. You'll get the notifications to join the room then. Um, tomorrow's going to be all about subscription marketing. And then Sunday is going to all be about just the future of your subscription. Otherwise, I think we'll wrap this one up a little early. Hope everyone has an amazing rest of your day. Yes, have a great weekend, you as well, Maddie. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. See you all soon.